Ladies and gentlemen, now appearing all the way from, well, New Jersey in the United States and in the UK, number 77, the Bombast Podcast, an apotheosis of a bombast. I have way too much free time. Hello there, this is Tim from the Appy Times Podcast, and you're listening to An Apotheosis of a Bombast. Anything can happen in the next half hour. Oh god, it made noises at me. Hello everybody, I'm Scott Copperman, one of your nerdier-than-he-wants-to-admit hosts. And with me is the best friend I've never met, Mr. Elton McManus. Yo, word that's it that's all you get <laughs> how you doing sir show's over i'm good i'm good i'm good so yes we're here episode 77 coming to you in the third month of 2011 or as we've mentioned many times um either 15 months before the apocalypse or possibly uh somewhere more like 90 months before the apocalypse. We'll just have to wait and see. Have you heard of the other apocalypse after 2012 doesn't rear its head? There was uh, 2036, I think, was a meteor hit apocalypse. Yeah. And have yeah, you so heard we... the other one as well? No. 51913. The... Oh, no. I had big plans for then. What, what's going to be happening then? Uh, it... Oh, wait, no. You're done talking like 5 million... <laughs> No, no, no. You're talking... This is the 19th of uh, May. Of May. Oh. Okay. Yes, I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's, um... Buh, 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 buh. What I've heard, it's a hoax already. Um, what you have is people on a forum trying to scare people and writing 5, 19, 13 on uh, banknotes in black light pens. And so when people scan it, they say, 5, 19, 13, what's that? And apparently it's an apocalypse, but it's nothing to do with anything. It's just scaremongering. So it'll it'll eventually be attributed to a movie. People will think it's viral marketing for that. And then some little nerd somewhere will be like, I invented it. And then a whole group. But what is um what is that group of anonymous hackers? Do you, I, is it called anonymous? I think it is. I think it's from these guys. Now, uh, I've, I, I don't know if you listen to them. Um, have you ever listened to the QED podcast at all? No, I haven't. It's uh, three guys who used to do a podcast on Flash Forward. Yeah, okay. Flash Forward. And then they decided to do a QED. Uh, and they just run through each week. They have either have aliens or ghosts or uh, other stuff that rhymes with them words. And they just centre on these subjects and hit them. And they're really bloody good. Really good mm. shows. So if you want to go find it, it's QED on iTunes, and I think it's QED.com or something very similar to that. Oh, cool. And, yeah, they've, they've come across this um, web page where people are trying to put out this 51913 and try to do scaremongering. And it's from a, a big group called, I think it's Anonymous, like you said. And yeah. they're trying to do they They're the guys that came up with the lolcats. You know, with the, all these mm-hmm. cats with, like stuck in like uh, washing machines and tumble dryers and people with uh, 
cats with oh what's the name of them lightsabers jumping yeah. around they created them they they've obviously got a lot of weight behind them so this 51913 is going to start rolling so if anyone sees it don't worry you're fine i you know i i've heard of this anonymous group and there were a couple of uh a couple of articles i've seen lately talking about i think someone someone claimed to have known some of the names and was turning them over to to a government agency and then he he got the full force of anonymous upon himself and it got to the point where like the the president of the news agency went into a, a chat room speaking to these anonymous group members pleading with them to please like target your attacks at the man not at the <laughs> at the industry God. not at her business and all it was it was bizarre so I was, I was reading a bit of that someone of course once that happens then one of them takes a chat log and throws it up on a forum and yeah it's it's a scary thing that whole mess not really somewhere I want to <laughs> it's it's quite cool that a, a band of people that have probably never ever met can just get together in one place across the world and discuss this sort of thing and then decide okay right today's the day where we leash unleash um, crazy dogs or uh, I don't know if they came up with bdogs.com have you seen bdogs.com by the way no oh bdogs.com is wicked it's just dogs dressed as bees that's it what what more perfect um, website do you ever want? But I, I think it's still great that people can just get together like this and be so powerful that they can spread it all over the world and be so viral, you know, through Facebook yeah. and other forums. Yes, no, you're right. It's it's scary, but it's there's something cool about that too. That there can be as much as it seems like the power is in the hands of of a select group or small groups, you know, well, they talk about, you know, you can vote, but your vote doesn't really matter because there's the Electoral College or, you know, really it's it's the federal level of government that decides bigger things, not so much your local government, but, you know, these little rallies and these little, like, group actions that you can do really do have an impact. Mm. Sometimes they're counterproductive, but uh, it is kind of neat. And it's... There's something about that group that's intriguing, but at the same time, I I, I don't want to dig too deep. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You, you don't want to get in there, do you? Don't. I don't want to know who you are. No, really, that's fine. Yeah. Stay anonymous. Sometimes you want to be in the inner circle or just on the outskirts, and then other times you realize, no, that would be a bad thing. Well, it is horrifying sometimes when you you see how uh, someone unwittingly irritates the wrong person. You know, and they make the movies about like the psycho policeman. Who, who like you just can't stop because he's the police. Who you're gonna call on the police kind of thing. And but it, you hear stories about like on the internet, you get that um, one hackerish kind of person that is can just really ruin things for you mm. and torment you. And it's uh, yeah, it's it's you don't want to walk on eggshells more than you have to, but at the same time, it's. You know, not someone you really want to antagonize that group. No, that's right. I don't get on the wrong side of them. No. Uh, you know, speaking of Facebook and all, there was something that I had put on Facebook and and then took down, kind of, kind of thinking, well, you know, that's not really the way I use Facebook, but uh, kind of as a public service announcement, 
I thought I would just kind of share this. Uh, and then there was another one, another thing our our friend, uh, I think Rick had posted on there. So we'll, might as well start with Rick. Rick mentioned that um, on Facebook, there's, there's a, a secure website and then there's a non-secure. If you have the HTTPS, it's a secure website. And... You know, it, it had all the earmarks of your standard kind of, um, ooh, be careful, kind of chain mail email. Mm-hmm. But it, there was there was a legitimacy to it that, you know, if, if you're not using HTTPS for your Facebook site, it is more vulnerable. Um, and, and Rick's a on top of things guy, and, and it was legitimate service announcement to, to people. And then I know our friend Anthony from the Red Dwarf uh, podcast had... Had re-shared it, and other people did too. Um, the one thing that people noticed was it deactivated some of the more social functions, though. Like I think chat didn't work and stuff like that. So um, that appears to be a legitimate difference maker. That you know that having HTTPS in front of your Facebook uh, address and not does make a difference in the security of your site, but it could possibly. Um, cause you to lose certain functionality that you enjoy. See that that's funny because I've got the HTTPS. God, I haven't said that for ages, and it doesn't remove my chat at all. Not that I use can, it a lot, but I've still well, got it I there. don't think it removes it. I think it just doesn't work as well. Oh, okay. I'm not sure. I mean, that was just things I was hearing. I pers- I had changed it, and then changed it back because so, I just I felt secure. And- Excuse me, sneeze there. <laughs> I, I I changed it back because I felt like it was... I was comfortable with the setting the way it was. Do you think people are going over the top with all this security stuff? I think so. And I do think there are... Um, there's a paranoia about Facebook. And, and there are vulnerabilities and people expose it. And I'm sure by not having the little S up there, there is a vulnerability to mine that, that yours doesn't have. But... I think I'm, I'm guarded in other ways. Um, and I, like I said, I think Rick looked at it carefully, recognized it did make a difference, yeah, and passed it along, you know, knowing that it, it could help some people, and and that's fine. Well, there was another thing that came out almost a day before, and it was actually the posting of this next thing that made me take mine down, just because I didn't want it to be the people were going, oh, here we go, it's like the the chain mail kind of warnings and stuff. And and also because there's there's a characteristic of this that makes it a warning that or a message that doesn't get to the people who need to hear it. It comes from uh, my friend Lisa Breton. And what she actually says, and I don't know where she got it from, is uh, if you're wondering why you're only seeing status updates from the same people, it's because Facebook has changed its news feed so that by default you only see the updates from people you most recently interacted with. Uh, to change this, you click the arrow next to most recent, then edit options, and then tick the box to receive updates from all friends. Now, so I, I thought, oh, here we go, another one of those things. But I went and looked, and yes, when you go and do that, and you go to your most, I guess it would be on your main feed here, most recent, and you can go down to edit options. Yep. And it says show posts from... By default, everybody's thing it says friends and pages you interact with most. Okay. 
So you actually have to choose. And I hate that Facebook does stuff like this, but you have to go back and change it back to show all your friends and pages. So what could be happening is that person who only put something up once a month is not showing up at all now. It's not that they're just buried. You know how it used to be that, like on Twitter, you get during Lost, you'd get people putting a hundred things, and my stuff would be buried, or yours would be buried, because we were only doing a little bit. Yeah. Now it's not that it's buried; it's just not there at all. If you haven't interacted with, I don't know, let's say, Erwin, uh, if you haven't interacted with him in a while, then his stuff just won't won't even try to get on the page anymore. So, it was an unusually. Uh, or I should say an unexpectedly accurate <laughs> alert. And it does, I didn't notice a difference, but I only have like 40 friends or so anyway that I, I'm kind of a loser. But <laughs> my Facebook circle is tight. Yeah. So it didn't really uh, make a noticeable difference for me. But I think for the people who tend to have many, many friends, that may be the case. And then the idea about posting it on there was it's possible that someone's not going to see that. So I figured I'll, I'd mention it here. Again, you go to the most recent tab on Facebook, and you can pull down Edit Options, and you'll see right there it's it's not a, a security setting or anything. It's just a does it going to show only the most recent people you're interacting with, or everybody who's on your friend list? And that doesn't mean if you've hidden someone and some of those Farmville messages and all that junk, they all stay hidden. It's just. Um, you know that that friend who's only on once in a while. There's a good chance they're not going to show up at all yeah. if you don't change that. And that's strange, though. I I can understand it from a certain perspective, because you you don't really interact that much. So obviously, from the the point of Facebook, oh well, you you don't really interact with him, so we'll just hide him for a little while. But then he, he's but just would... hidden for forever, really, until you yeah. you start digging around to try and find that person. I would think that would make it more important, you know, that there's there's someone that you interact with infrequently, so you you definitely want to catch it. But I don't know if interacting, you know, what defines interaction? Is it prioritizing like who you've commented on or whose name you've clicked on, or what the case would be? Maybe Facebook it's, did something. Oh, maybe it's stuff uh, that you have in common with that person as well. And maybe there's yeah, a, a, an algorithm that says, well, if you like these certain things and then this other person like these certain things, then maybe you want to talk with this person. So they're, they're trying to push you too closer. I'm, I'm... Well, they they try that. They definitely try to suggest things. And even if I don't recommend something, if you don't tell me to go visit a site, I'll get little things on the side that says, Elton likes this. You should check it out too. And that's coming from Facebook, not you. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that because because that's the way advertising is going to be going. A yes. lot of people use this, this site. Well, there's over 500 million people logged onto it now, aren't there? Whether yeah. they're using it or not is another matter. But the advertising is pulling in so much money for them. And then I've noticed on my stream, I get certain things in the sidebar which relate to just me, and yes. it's not just a, a general. Oh, you might like diet. Pepsi today, and well, Listen, no. I've been picking through your garbage, kind of. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I saw uh, yeah. you had this. Yeah, yep, you're right. There's also uh, I don't know if it still applies, but Facebook, you know, they have the top news and the most recent. You can sort your feed that way. And somewhere around it was before Christmas, maybe Halloween. I I lost the most recent feature, 
so I was just getting I was getting again this forced hey these are the people who you interact the most with like but your stuff's not in chronological order it's top news so I was missing things and I went to look and it it said uh, you have to have 50 friends to earn the right to do the most recent sorting no god if you have less than 50 so I literally went through and accepted or or friend requested some people to to get myself over 50 so that I could get that magical feature back and I don't you know that's mad. of course I I could not use it at all but it's uh it's definitely becoming a place where I'm finding a lot of my online friends are migrating towards it used to be twitter was people that uh I knew mostly online and facebook was people I knew and I had seen face to face Mm-hmm. And that line has blurred, definitely. Oh, okay, fair enough. It's getting very much like Minority Report as well. Do you remember when um, Tom Cruise had his new eyes uh, mm-hmm. and he was walking through a shopping centre and they had like these retinal scanners which would show up uh, adverts yeah. which you might be interested in. And, oh, hello, Mr. McManus. You, know, you might be interested in this today. You haven't bought this recently. And that's how it's getting. And it it would only be a matter of time. I, we've got these um, Xbox 360s with all this Kinect stuff now. Yeah. How long before that is actually built into the TV? And adverts are played uh, through the choice of who's actually in the room. Yeah, you're right. Well, I, my son uh, just set up... His, we had the Zune Music Arc library on my computer, and he just set it up on his own. And the uh, Xbox... The email linked with Xbox is also the one linked with the Zune because it's all Microsoft. So he set it up and immediately pulled in all his Xbox gaming friends, their music list, and we had to go through and actually turn off, like, no, we don't want them to know what music he listened to. And, and all mm-hmm. this, it really was trying to inc- interconnect things in a big way. And, and it wasn't happening on mine because I had an older version of the software. Yep. But the new version just by default went and, <laughs> hey, you know these 50 people and you guys have this in common and let's mix want to share songs with them want to set up wirelessly all that stuff it was this is going down a bad way because you imagine if uh, you were in the room and either the computer or the tv knew that you were in the room with your son and then all of a sudden he left uh, you left and he was there on his own on the a music site trying to download you know three or four songs and the computer offered him a selection of, well, if you choose this, then you can get five songs, but it would be like you know $10 or something like that. Oh, yeah. And then once you walk back in the room, it will remove that because you're not of that age, so they can't play that towards you. Yeah. That's some scary stuff there. Well, I definitely think it'll be a situation where uh, at some point there'll be systems where you walk in and it knows who's in the room and it makes viewing suggestions based on that or mm. um, say I'm watching with, with my kids and they leave the room you know Scott we've noticed Jay has left the room would you like to continue watching Phineas and Ferb like as if it's it's predicting that I'm gonna oh I'm ready to watch an adult show now or, yeah even well, our car can detect whether uh, an adult is in the front seat because the airbag turns on and off so I could see the seat cushions using little weight registers to be, you know, there are seven seven occupants under the weight of 60 pounds of children's programming activated. Yeah. And people say that that's like a, 
that could be eco-friendly because you know it it's self-aware enough to oh there's no one in the room we'll dim the lights oh it's it's uh, 11 o'clock at night so I can lower the heat things like that and uh, I I just don't know I think that there's an efficiency to doing things manually <laughs> yeah well there's a big well a very thin line where one day you walk downstairs and your toaster's already toasting your bread and maybe that day you don't really want toast and then you get angry at your toaster and that's <laughs> when things are starting to go wrong that's but i think that's where it's going to be and when you look at how many people can't manage the technology that they have now mm. i mean it's i mean how how often you're explaining to your cousin or your grandmother or whatever how to check your email and things i mean i i have good friends my age really bright people who have trouble with with things just because it's it's familiarity and like i can't fix my car by myself so there's going to be people who can't figure out how to turn off the automatic toast function or forget to load the automatic toaster. <laughs> I don't know. You won't have to load the automatic toaster because something will load it for you. Yes. It will just know. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, this that was a uh, public service announcement for you Facebook users. And if you're on Facebook, make sure you do visit an apotheosis of a bombast. It has a uh, podcast page and on that we have quite a bit of stuff that doesn't make it to the show just little bits and bobs and stories and such and uh, a few things that we do like to talk about as well yeah. so you can be informed and ready for the next episode speaking of which there were a couple of things we had on there and, and I'm guilty of putting uh, several of them on <laughs> one was a little badger video which was god just, damn uh, you yeah, just just to bug everybody. A hex on you. Yeah. Uh, there is um, another thing I put up, which is a trailer. I think it's from 2003, but it's if Pac-Man was turned into a live-action horror movie. Yeah, that was creepy. It was it was actually pretty clever. I thought though, if you were gonna make, if you're gonna find a way to take Pac-Man and turn it into, like, what plot could there be? It was, uh, I guess I can explain what it is, right? It's not spoilery, it's not a real movie. Uh, Pac-Man is the last name of a drug company executive, and his drugs have bad side effects, but he's, he's, you know, there's a Wall Street scandal coming kind of thing, but he looks like he might get away with it, and someone kidnaps him, forces him to take his own drugs, and one of the side effects is he sees the ghosts, Inky, Binky, Pinky, and Clyde. And uh, he, they say, you have to keep taking this other drug, or I guess it's the same drug, um, or you'll die. Mm. And so that's him going around and taking the pills, like Pac-Man goes around and eats the dots, and then he freaks out because of the hallucinations, and that's the ghost coming at him. It was I thought it was pretty cool, but it is it's scary. You gotta know you can make a whole movie out of it, but you can make a nice short and win an Oscar. You can make a really <laughs> creepy movie out of that. You could. Really creepy. And I, I like the way that he sat down next to the wall knackered and then the, the orange fell out. <laughs> yeah. <next to> him. <laughs> there, there was some, it was some very clever stuff in it. And, uh, you know, when you think of these childhood things that they're turning into movies, like I've heard they're making a Battleship movie. Oh, right, okay. I, I don't know. Like, sometimes... The, the stretch seems 
very big. This this was kind of clever. And I mean, you, yeah, it's Pac-Man the movie, but I don't know. Did there, you? There was something about it was original. Yeah. Did you see the other fan fan made trailer for uh, ET two? Yes. That was not. Oh, was around. it ET two or ETX? Oh. Like it was a horror movie. Yeah, ETX. Yes. <laughs> now that I remember watching it a little bit, and oh, it was creepy as hell. <laughs> it was really mad. Yeah. You had um, E.T. come down and he, he found Ellie. And it was really cleverly done with um, uh, Drew Barrymore and what's the other guy? Not his name. I can't remember his name now. The guy who played Ellie. Yeah. And it was all spliced up from there and it, it looked so good. You had Morgan Freeman in there, uh, Bruce Willis in there, but you had uh, all the other extraterrestrials coming down and landing and trying to take over the Earth. But they had fangs, and their necks protruded, maybe like six or seven feet high. And yeah, there were some new there were some new elements that were computer generated or act, like had looked like they had older actors in it. They I don't know if it was from another movie. Oh yeah, it was. It was lots of splices from other movies. But it was it was so well done, and it is creepy. And if they'd if someone had picked this up and you know run with it a little bit, then then maybe you might be able to get a, a bit of a fun, scary movie. It'll, it'll yeah. be a good twist to have like a the lovely E.T. that everyone loves and cries at the end, and then you have a horror movie as a sequel. Yeah. If uh, On October 29th, we put on the Bombast Podcast Facebook page, uh, the original E.T. trailer, or a trailer using all footage from the original E.T., recut into a sci-fi movie. Uh, so there's a, a YouTube video. It's October 29th, 2010. It's on the Facebook page right now. Um, and it just says, why not watch a good horror movie to get yourself in the mood for Halloween? Maybe suggest E.T. And where this new one you're talking about, E.T.X., is supposed to be a sequel, and it does have new footage and things spliced. This other one, it's all it's all the original footage just cut differently, and it's, it's creepy, too, mm. the, how that could have been that kind of movie. So that's that's a weird thing. I mean, you don't really see a lot of uh, alien movies that are not a horror movie these days, no. or without being like totally goofy. Like there's that movie Paul coming out now. Yeah, I'm not even bothered about that. But don't you think if they did bring a another alien movie that befriends a kid, it'd just be oh they're ripping off E.T. Yeah, well, there's a couple a couple of movies like that, and they all get sillier and cuter. E.T. is the only one that has an ugly alien. But kind of creepy. It hits all the right notes, though, doesn't it? it it's yeah. dramatic and it, it pulls at every single string. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else do we have on the Facebook page here? We had um, a couple more videos. Before we get to the elevator one that you shared, did you see the picture that uh, our friend Rick had posted of the Kennedy Space Center? Yes. <laughs> They're running so it, windows. Brilliant. <laughs> Yes, two two of uh, four screens are in boot up mode. Another one has a beautiful screensaver of uh, like the Cayman Islands, and you know not a whole lot going on there. But he did mention it was about a, a couple weeks before the space shuttle launch. But I like to think that the two screens in boot up mode were there for hours trying to boot up, and it's not like he just walked past them and oh look 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 quick take a picture of it. He he sat there and waiting for them to. Boots up and load up all this NASA gobbledygook, and he's like, oh, balls to this. Do you know what? I'm just going to take a picture of it. They're never going to boot up anyway. 
Probably. And as he turns around, he's... <laughs> well, you had also shared a video of... I guess it's you call it a stop motion. It's basically 41 hours worth of, of video security camera footage in about two minutes. Yeah. And it's uh, a guy was trapped in the elevator. Yeah, it seems like a guy went out for a smoke. Uh, he came back into the lift to go back up to his floor. And I, I don't know if this is... I, I can't find a story for it. That's the only thing. It's just a video. But it's got well, there's a, a link to a story in the description for the YouTube. Oh, okay, cool. So I think it actually happened... Um, it ran in the New Yorker in 2008. But the incident actually happened in October 1999. Yeah. Well, the vi- uh, video shows uh, four cameras, pro- probably just a bank of four, and... They're probably shown in the uh, security screen as uh, on one uh, screen. And you have uh, the three cameras in an L shape, which are just being normally used by other people and occupants and repairmen and stuff like that. And you can see the lights going on and off as they're used and they shut down for the night. And this other guy just walking around stuck in this lift. And every now and again, he lays on the floor. And it's literally for, what, two seconds, I suppose? Mm-hmm. But you know he's there just sleeping away because he, he can't do anything. And he keeps he gets the doors open a, a number of the times, which is quite scary, to be honest, from my point of view. It's like, well, how the hell did he open them doors? He shouldn't really be able to do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it says uh, White finished his cigarette. He returned to the lobby and waved along by a janitor buffering the f- floor. He got into car number 30 and pressed the button marked 43. The car accelerated, because it was an express elevator, with no stops below the 39th floor. The building was deserted, and he's in there, and then after a minute he feels a jolt. The lights go out, immediately flash on again, and the elevator stopped. The control panel makes a beep, and waits a minute, expecting a voice to come on and say, Hello, may we help you, and help him out. Nothing happened. He pressed the intercom button, and there was no response. He hit it again, started walking around the elevator, still no response. He pressed the elevator emergency button, setting off the alarm, but he could tell that it was not a very loud alarm. Like, if you weren't close, you wouldn't hear it. Yeah. So he hits it a few more times, and eventually he just yanks the button out. So the alarm is going nonstop. <laughs> but this is 1999, so he's got no cell phone, no watch. Or anything. He's just, it's a different era. Oh, is it from 1999? Oh, bloody 1999 hell. this happened. So he... Uh, Occupied himself with thoughts remaining calm, says he's not going to do anything because he doesn't want to knock the car loose or something. He's going to be just the perfect trapped employee. You know, he didn't want to be in trouble for for making things more complicated. Mm. I like the way people try and get on top of the roof as well. They try and mm-hmm. find that trap door, which isn't in hardly Climb any of the, the lifts. rope like in Die Hard. Yeah, <laughs> well, you get on top and I guarantee 99% of the people will go, okay, now what? I'm Surely I'm safer in the car. So, I mean, this article goes on and on to explain, and, uh, I mean, it does make a reference to, like, a, the elevator going in free fall in 1945 in the Empire State Building, and he's got that in the back of his head and all, but this predates the September 11th attack, so he's even thinking of that. Mm. But um, it was it was just mesmerizing to watch this video, because, like you said, you see him walking around, he stops, he's playing, I don't know if he's playing cards or what he's doing, but... Yeah, it looks like he's, he's got just, a pack of cards on him, doesn't he? Yeah. Clever. But you're and he does. He he tries the door and closes it, tries the door and closes it, he tries to get up the top. 
it, I, I couldn't do that. I'm claustrophobic in general, and the idea of, of not only being there, but to not even be acknowledged in some way. Mm. It's one thing if they say, sir, it'll be a couple hours, or we're working on it, but to, to have them not even know you're in there, I'd freak out. And he doesn't. He doesn't punch the wall or strip down and paint his face. <laughs> There's a movie, um, the movie called I think Rocket Man, and it's it's got one of the like not so funny comedians in it, and uh, basically it's, it's a standard story. They go up and suspend animation, and someone's suspended animation doesn't work, so he's going to be awake for the whole trip, and so they do this whole montage where they see him like going through and taking apart all the pieces and he's got the dehydrated food and he paints more paint on his face and all the stuff like he's going crazy but it only like five minutes has actually happened so far yeah that would be me but yeah if you want to see that video definitely check out the facebook page or uh search on youtube for trapped in an elevator for 41 hours what else we got on there then well there was another thing and it, it links to a story we have also some time ago again we have a, a video that was made and it's about a doctor who claims he invented a ringtone that listening to this ringtone will increase a woman's breast size. <laughs> it's a 30 second ringtone. Uh, it's it's actually the sound of a baby crying. But it's um, he's it's altered around, in a way. Yeah, he's much around yeah. with the actual baby crying. It, it's more like... Um, it sounds like static. Yeah. So you have to listen to the ringtone 20 times a day for 30 days. And he's got uh, a woman, I forget her name, uh, but her breasts grew three centimeters. Wow. So uh, there's a couple of videos of it, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's a bit of interesting stuff there. Well, what would happen if I listened to it then? Would I start lactating? I don't know. I don't know if you respond, if it's only women who respond to the sound of a, of a newborn baby. Because there, there are men that have lactated, aren't there? And they... I hope not. No, there are. I've I've seen not in real life, but on TV. So it must be true that people guys have been it so. It must be true. Yeah. <laughs> let me let me hunt it down on Wikipedia, the home of truth. That's um, okay. But there's there's people that have well, there's guys that have been so connected with their their girlfriend or wife or whatever, and they've had a kid and. When the 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 mummy's producing milk for the baby, then they also have produced milk for the baby, because every man has you know two nipples and I think they've got all the glands there ready to be reduced. But because we're men, they don't develop. We've got all the bits yeah. ready to go. It's just not you know ready to go per se. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if I listen to this, will I start you know weeping? <laughs> Maybe. Then you can sell the breast milk. Would you, you taste breast it. milk? No. No, nor would I. No, you know, well, I, 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 I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. Like, I mean, I wouldn't know if I, <laughs> I would think if someone slipped it to you, you would be like, something's not right here. I think you protest too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking at our next story. That's what I'm thinking of. That. There's a British parlor making breast milk ice cream. It's 
a special flavor called Baby Gaga. Oh, that's gross. Mm. A new London ice cream parlor is offering breast milk ice cream along the more traditional flavors like raspberry ripple and mint chocolate chip. Can I say, I'm saying it's gross, but I'd rather drink the milk out of a cow. Yeah. Isn't that weird? But I, I know it's not, but it, I know what it, you, well, it kind of is. But, it, well, yeah. So this milk is donated by, uh, well, by moms. Victoria Hiley from Leeds has already donated a total of 30 fluid ounces of breast milk, and a number of ladies answered an advert for potential suppliers on the Mumsnet forum. They, I mean, they didn't look at that and go, yeah, pervert, uh, I'll sell you my breast milk. Hmm. The new parlor, based in London's trendy Covent, Covent Garden district, pays £15 for every 10 ounces of milk. And I already have 15 mothers who are donors. A scoop of the ice cream is priced at a cool 14 pounds. We have to say, though, that the initial testers weren't so keen to suck it and see. <laughs> I like this last line. It says, some people will hear about it and go, yuck, just like me. But actually, it's pure, organic, free range and totally natural. Free range! As if, like, humans yeah. are allowed to run free. The recipe blends breast milk with Madagascan vanilla pods and lemon zest. You can go to the icecreamists.com website, and that's actually the place that's making it. This seems more of a fetish than an actual business plan. Have you gone to the icecreamists.com website? Uh, I can't say I have. Well, it has a skull and crossbones made out of a pair of spoons. <laughs> More Sid and Nancy than Ben and Jerry. You know, I, I'm always amazed just on TV. They'll have all these cooking shows. Mm-hmm. And, like, Hell's Kitchen here in the U.S., they don't wear hairnets. They, uh, they don't seem to follow what you would expect health code things to require. That's right. Now, how does, how does the health code apply to breast milk ice cream. Like, does someone have to be there while the nursing is going on? I'm sorry, ma'am, I have to monitor. I, I don't know. Because you make sure you're thoroughly cleansed before you use your uh, pump? Well, obviously, yeah, you have these little breast pumps that you can use, and you can, you know, get a, a fair amount out of that. But, oh. I, I'm, I'm not criticizing... The breast milk donors, I mean, there's men or sperm donors. And stuff. I mean, if, if you've got a surplus and you can sell it, hey, whatever the market will oh, pay. Oh, that's a but... totally different drink there. <laughs> but no, I'm, well, I'm just saying, yeah, the the purpose, it's it's being used differently. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I, 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 yeah, I don't think I would be if I saw it on there. See, the picture I can see is got the breast milk ice cream in a, like a martini glass. And yeah. In the background, you can see a, a milk bottle and two baby rusks. Would it really uh-huh. be served with baby? I'd munch on the baby rusks. I love them <laughs> things. But I wouldn't eat the. Um, no, I, I, see, I, I'm. I don't eat ice cream. I'm probably one of the very few people in the world that doesn't eat ice cream anyway. So you've got no chance of me actually trying this out. Yeah, I'm looking at the Herald Sun article, and then they have the related coverage links. So. Some related stories are breast milk ice cream off the menu. Sick bubs can bank on mother's milk. 
Victoria's first breast milk bank is open, giving the sickest babies a fighting chance at life. And teat turned off on breast milk ice cream. <laughs> bizarre. Again, someone's sitting there going, hey, I got a headline for you. It's oh, people here. running out of ideas, really. It's the follow-up here. Local government officials say they have confiscated ice cream made with human breast milk from a local London shop amid concerns the dessert is unsafe. A spokeswoman from Westminster City Council said it's responding to two complaints from the public. You know they're just prudish people who have no health concerns, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's just over whether a shop should be selling edibles made from other people's bodily fluids and awaiting guidance from the Food Standards Agency. The official said the ice cream marketed as Baby Gaga and launched last week is being tested with the full cooperation of the ice creamists. Viruses, including hepatitis, can be passed on through breast milk. The company has said the milk was screened in line with blood donor requirements before being pasteurized and churned with vanilla pods and lemon zest. Again, the lemon zest fixes everything. <laughs> uh, as we are aware, there is no law prohibiting a business from selling breast milk ice cream. The company paid the women who responded online to donate the breast milk and said all its products meet the highest and safest of food standards. The company's had, it, had a huge response to its fresh take on the world of ice cream and said at the time that its baby's Gaga sold out as soon as it was launched on Friday. But more women had signed up to donate milk. There was queues around the block for it as well. Ah, and so crazy that lasted, people in Covent Garden. That's um, like a three-day difference <laughs> between the launch of it and the shutting down of it. You're listening to An Apotheosis of a Bombast. <laughs> Are you in trouble? Do you need help? <laughs> my radio voice. You need to subscribe to the RSS feed to get a free set of earplugs in your mouth. <laughs> On episode 71, the Ice Podcast meets the Masters Anon, who talk to us about their new project. Hugh and McGregor, so we can uh, to replace me for the podcast. So it's a pretty intricate movie that's coming out. Uh, we did get John Williams to do the original score. Now, for the real thing, is, uh, what we got coming out is our season one, uh, our first year of uh, our podcast. Instead of calling it bonus material, we call it minus material. Well, John Williams' score from the film you're also doing going to be on there. Not the actual John Williams, it's my neighbor, John Williams. <laughs> we'll talk about how they started off in podcasting. Yeah, we all worked yeah. at uh, mm-hmm. a station in New Jersey. I think Mike was there before I got there, and then I came over to do the morning show. I was actually a janitor, and I just proved to everybody I could do something worthwhile. Master Anon's original idea for a book. I've always like essay writers, Chuck Klosterman, you know, but in audio form. The guys play Would You Rather. Would You Rather live as a human-sized snail. Uh, you you get, you know, the shell is your house. It's kind of part and parcel. It's like being a vicar. <laughs> or 15 to 25 little snails crawl out of your bottom. And you could start a band called Nine Inch Snails. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what happens if you get intimate with someone and then, you know, you, you're halfway through it and then suddenly snail shit. Two girls, one snail. <laughs> <laughs> Don't miss the ice podcast meets the masters are not (laughs) on episode 71 and subscribe now did you have anything else you want to throw in or should we do a couple final things or uh yes i've got one thing that i'd like to just hit up on uh yeah i've got one thing from uh last week we had the uh the robot marathon which was completed on sunday just gone um there there was a winner and there is a video to go with it from the BBC uh, <laughs> news. And if if you watch one thing this week on the internet, watch the beginning of this race. It's hilarious. You have all these robots 
ready to go. I think they only they had four people take part in this race. And literally you have these robots and they go, three, two, one, go! And all these robots start running away and one of them just tries to power away too fast and he just stacks it on his face. So were they <coughs> remote controlled or autonomous? Like It looks like they've, they're following guided lines. Now whether these lines have got um, current running through them <laughs> so they know exactly where they're going... But the rules are, if the robot falls over, it has to get itself back to its feet. Yeah, I see there's one early on that uh, falls, and it actually has, like, built-in crutches. Yeah. They're very similar in design, most of them. Well, uh, there's the winner and the person who came second, or the robot that came second, were made by the same company. You had um, two teams working on it from one company, and you had uh, the let's say, Robot 1, and then you had Robot 2 Light. It was a light yeah. version. And the light version, uh, was it the one that won? Yeah, the 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 original Robot 1 and the, the light version came second. Only by a, just over a second, I think, he beat him. But they looked quite cool, actually. Yeah, it said the light one had a big lead, but then squandered it. Yeah, so. kept falling over, I imagine. Oh, that's very cool. It's funny to watch that video. Yes, definitely check it out. We'll have a link for that in the show notes. But yeah, that's all I've got for you today. It was the the news has been pretty down at the moment. There's there's lots of crap going on, and we wish everyone who's involved in all the crap happiness and joy and little punches <laughs> on the chin. Well, I, I had a final thing that I was hoping to uh, run through with you here. It's I, I'm not going to give you a link because it's. Um, Oh, well, give it away. But uh, it's a, an article that someone posted about Aboriginal location names. Uh, for example, uh, Malayup and Kundanup and Nanup. So uh, I have here a collection of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight real names. And I will make up eight fake names. And I will challenge you to determine which one is a real location and which one is is something I just made up here. Okay, sounds good. So, your first challenge is... Yeah, I'll, I'll even give you a little bit of description if I can. It is, in fact, a beachside township in Queensland. The name originates from the Aboriginal word for snapperfish. And the area is, unsurprisingly, a fishing fishing region. Okay. So, your choices are... Napalata or Mululaba. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Napalata or Mululaba. I'm going to go for the second one. And that's correct. Mululaba may sound like a farm animal impression but is, in fact, a beachside township in Queensland. Cool. (laughs) All right, next up is the upstanding city with a beautiful shopping center and a teaching facility for engineering students from the University of Queensland. Its name actually means the Gully of Leeches. Nice. All right. So your choices are Sendalaba, or Endoropili. Sendalaba or Endoropili. 
That might be Sendaleba and Endorupili. I'm <clears throat> I'm gonna go for the second one again. That's correct. Endorupili. Oh cool. You're two for two. You're twenty five percent so far. Nicely done. I All I right. have to correct you there, I'm a hundred percent so far. Oh, that's right, that's right. You've you've secured twenty five percent as a minimum. Alright. If Famous actor of historical epics lives in this next city. This suburb of Sydney is an ideal place to own a penthouse, and it contains the largest wooden structure in the world, Finger Wharf. Its name means Place of Plenty. All right, your choices are... Wooloo... Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wooloo if, if you're chuckling at your own joke. <laughs> oh, dear. I can't pronounce these things. I have them written down here. Wooloo or Wala Mala. Wooloo Mala Mala. Mala Mala. Wala. Wala Mala. Wala Mala? W-A-L-L-A-M-A-L-A-A. All I or, had was A L L A L L A. So, Wala Mala or Wala Malay, it might be, or Wulu Mulu, with double O's everywhere. I'm gonna I'm gonna pronounce it Wala, no Wala Malay. No, oh. it's Wulu Mulu. No. W O O L L O O M O O L O O. <laughs> Place of Plenty. They have the best right. names of everything, don't they? It's awesome. All right, next up. Locals are proud of their natively titled places and monuments. The rugby league of this city adopted the eel as their symbol because the meaning of the town name is place where the eels lie down. Cool. <laughs> Some famous places even go to great lengths to return to the original name. But uh, that was not relevant there. Sorry. So this choice, this place, which means place where the eels lie down, and their rugby league has an eel as their symbol, is it Paramata, P-A-R-R-A-M-A-T-T-A, or Uluru, U-L-U-R-U? Uluru is the the rock, isn't it? Airs rock. It is, very right. So I'm going to so say the first one. That's right, Parramatta. Uluru is indeed Ayers Rock. Very good, nicely done. Yes, get in there. All right, spellings and translations in some places have been lost due to a long game of telephone between the native tongue and a foreign ear. <laughs> so we have a town that has an extensive cave system, and it is either known by the name of... Cocklebitty <laughs> or Thayertwat. Cocklebitty or Thayertwat? Cocklebitty or Thayertwat or Thayertwat? It's T W A T is the end. That's twat. Brilliant. You got cock and twat. Brilliant. <laughs> Cocklebitty, Thayertwat. Put your hands together. Um. <laughs> it's an extensive cave system. <laughs> Not that that helps. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm going to go for the fair twat then. <laughs> no, it's cocklebitty. Oh, balls. Literally nuts. 
right. Three more to go here. I'll give you four names, three are real locations, uh, and one is not. So we have <laughs> Mita Mita, Bondi Beach, Yerkala, and Abarada. One of those is not a real location, not a real or aboriginal city. So three are? Three are real. Oh, God. I'm going to go for Bondi Beach. Well, that's a real place. Oh, so okay. That's it. So you need two, two more. Two more real places out of them. Mita Mita, Yerkala, or Abarada? The first and last ones you said. Okay, Mita Mita is a real place where you can swim. Yeah. <laughs> I made up Abarada because I'm reading Aboriginal on the screen here. Uh, indigenous folk of the proud town of Yerkala have their bark paintings displayed in museums all over the world. And this town, without a translation, sells some of the finest handmade didgeridoos in the country. Awesome. I hope we got at least one pronunciation right out I of hope all so these too. names. So the real places were Mululaba, Ndoropili, Wulumulu, Paramata, Kakalbidi, Yerkala, Bandi Beach, Mitamita, and yes, you had gotten uh, Uluru as Ayers Rock. Yeah. It's not bad. Two mistakes. That's that's a very good score. Hey, that's not bad. <laughs> Those of you playing at home? For a pop quiz on... Australia. Yes. I don't know how I stumbled on that. It was just like a random... It was a typical telephone game of, I'll click this link. Oh, look at this. Here's a link. Oh, here's a link. Mm. So, does that seem like a uh, a good place to end here today? Yes, I'm quite happy with our day's work. That's good. Before we uh, come up with the moral for today, I had one side plug. I had put something on the Facebook page and uh, kind of kept it low-key because uh, it just went live today, but uh, my company is has created a blog. Uh, its address is perspectives.j2content.com. There's no www in there. It's just perspectives.j2content.com. And mm-hmm. what it is is a, a collection of uh, kind of think of it as like Reader's Digest style. So it's sort of serious, sort of not. Little anecdotes and advice and um, commentary on either education or parenting things. So okay, like, for cool. example, there's uh, something on there. That it's going to have one thing a day. There's something on there right now kind of serious about like the big high stakes tests. Uh, there's another thing on there that's a look at kids, Canadian kids looking at technology from the 80s and some of the silly things they think a cassette is and stuff like that. There's a video in there. Uh, we do have, um, I, you guys know I'm a fan of Paul Goebel, the TV geek. He's actually writing a whole series of things um, about how teaching teachers and schools and parents are reflected in television and kind of how, like, you know, Hannah Montana's dad is a nitwit and. <laughs> You know, uh, the article that he's going to have on on Thursday, I think, is how the high school in Glee is the worst high school in America. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, he's got one coming up. Everything he needs to learn is he learned from Cap about parenting. He learned from Captain Kirk. So there's going to be some interesting things on there. I certainly welcome traffic to it. And uh, we're actually also looking for anybody who wants to make like a a guest post. You know, it'd certainly be nice. Everyone there right now so far is uh, all American authors. So cool. Certainly would welcome like a, a non-domestic perspective on parenting, parenting or education. Semi-serious, serious anecdote. There's even uh, it's set up in a way that someone can kind of anonymously say things. So say you were going to talk about like your next door neighbor and you, you didn't want them to know, Yeah. you know, I hate my neighbor's kids. So the names can be changed to protect the innocent kind of thing. Cool. So it, it's something that if you guys want to check it out, that'd be great. And like I said, welcome contributions from anyone who's interested and the information for that's on the site. <sighs> cool. So what did we learn today? Right. Well, I've already written down uh, an idea for oh. the uh, moral, if you don't mind. Okay. Lemon zest fixes everything. It does. That's a perfect moral. There we go. So there's our moral for today. Lemon zest fixes everything. He shoots. He scores. Right. I'm still not eating the breast milk ice cream. No. Even with the lemon zest. No my. Doesn't fix everything. <laughs> it covers up the hepatitis. Oh god. And <laughs> blood clots and blah blah. Uh, uh, all right. Right. Um if you do have any letters or emails or anything like that, then send it to bombastpodcast at gmail.com. Uh what else do we have? We have the Twitters, I'm Ultimate Manus, your SHC nineteen seventy. Uh yes, we got We have the Facebook page. Yep, Let's the Facebook try to get page. uh love to see some activity from our existing 70 plus fans which and I know some of you do like and comment and view that pretty regularly but mm. we'd love to add a few more yeah nudge people that way as well please that would yes. be wicked um what else I don't think there's much more no the show notes are at bombastpodcast.podbean.com and again many of the things we talk about are on the Facebook page as well yeah cool so we'll be back in about a week yep Thank you very much, guys, for listening and sticking with us, and we'll see you very soon. Yep, thanks a lot. Cheers, guys. Bye. Bye.